How's it going? I think I heard someone say, fine. That's funny. All right. Well, hey, listen, if, uh, if we haven't had the opportunity to meet, my name is Mark. I'm a student minister here. Super glad to have you. Um, I would like to show you um, uh, a picture on the screen in just a, in just a moment. Um, last night, I tried... Um, we, we had taco cause it, tacos because it was Tuesday, right? So that's what we did at our house. And, um, and it, they were good, and then we were all full. And then what's, what's like that thing that you want, like after dinner? He's like, man, I just wish I had something sweet. Anyone got a sweet tooth in the room? Like I've got like a major, I've got worse sweet tooth. If all of y'all combined, like how much you like sweets, uh, that would equal mine, okay? So I'm like, man, I just want something. And so I went in the pantry, and it just so happened we had some uh, something called a blondie bar. It's like a brownie, but it's more like almost like a blondie. Um, so so it's, it's golden. Yeah, it's like a, huh? It's a cookie and a brownie. It's a cookie brownie. Move on, Mark. Um, who cares? <laughs> so I, I put it all together and um, just kind of having a sweet little family time or whatever. I'm like, God, guys, don't worry about me. And so I go in the kitchen. I'm like, three ingredients, and one of them's in the box. This is great. So I pull out the egg. I pull out the butter, and then I, I put it all together. And, uh, and then I'm, I'm realizing as I read the instructions that I didn't put enough butter in, which is a problem for me, mainly because I just like butter. Um, it's, I mean, it was, it was fine, you know, like they, they were fine, but like I completely messed up the recipe and my sweet family was just so nice. They're like, they're, they're good, dad. They're, thank you so much for these. <laughs> and they were like, it just wasn't right. Like I made the recipe and I kind of made it wrong. Um, a couple months ago, um, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Jessica Brown dropped something off on my front door. There, there, there is a picture I want to show you. Um, we got booed at our house, and there was this box of, like, uh, cookies that you're supposed to, look at those, look how cute, right? And my kids, we were like, let's make them, this is going to be great. They have little googly eyes on them, and you bake them, and they're great. Um, so I'd like to show you a picture of what my cookies turned out to look like. Yeah, they're just two shades of brown, you know, it's just like, they look more like a poop emoji than they do like a Halloween cookie. Uh, so now they're, you know, whatever. They kind of tasted okay. I mean, it's like, what's well, the same, you know, chemical makeup, but they just didn't look very appetizing. Um, maybe you're somewhere you're like, I would rather eat the one on the right than the one on the left. Anyone in the room? Like, I don't want orange and purple and green. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So anyway, whether you're just making me feel better or not. The thing is, and I don't know if you've ever done this before, but if you've ever messed a recipe up, and I've done so plenty of times, um, I, I, I realize how important it is to kind of follow all of the instructions that go into that. And the reason I say that is because as we talk about Scripture, we have kind of a recipe um, for, for not just one thing, but just life in general. And, and here's, here's what I would like to say, because uh, some of you are walking in with just like, what? The heck is Mark going to say? Some of you don't realize what we're about to talk about. <laughs> Welcome. We're going to talk about sex. Anyone want to just let's just let's just get the awkwardness out of the room all of a sudden. On three. One, two, three. I just gave you. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shh. All right. Shh, hold on. I literally just gave you like approval to yell sex in church, and you're like. Which, like, good for you. Like, congratulations. Let's do it one more time. Okay. On the count of three. Let's just get it out of our system. One, 
two, three. All right, all right. Shh. It's a lot. Okay. That that was a thing. Um, so now, shh. Now we got all that out of the way. I actually don't. Check it out. We're going to talk about this over the next four weeks. I actually don't want to talk about that tonight just yet. I would like to talk about marriage. I would like to talk about marriage. Now, let me explain myself here. Okay, shh. I'm, here's what we're going to need to do. We don't have as much time as we normally do, so I'm going to need you to probably cut down on the chit-chat so that we can focus on what we're doing. Here's why... I want to talk about marriage because some of you are just like, why is he talking to a group of youth group kids who are not anywhere near to getting married about marriage? I have, can I just, here's what I need you guys to stop talking, okay? All right? Yes, sir? Thank you. All right. So here's the thing. I don't want to get too heavy all up, up front, but I want to tell you that I think what ends up happening is, is a group of teenagers your age, people your age, end up having some sort of idea about what, um, maybe not even marriage, but what relationships should look like um, as you get older. So those of you that are in middle school, maybe you're thinking about what it's like, going to be like to date. Um, some of you are like, I date. And remember what we said is if you don't pick your date up in a car and then pay for that person, walk up to a gentleman, walk up to her door, knock, 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 meet her dad, um, and go through that whole interaction where he's cleaning a shotgun in front of you, that's dating. That's dating, okay? Um, so some of you, uh, just you're not there yet, and that's fine. Some of you high schoolers are like, yeah, like we're kind of like in the middle of this. I text my girlfriend, and I say, hey, you want to go see? And it's that, and like that's kind of dating, but like if your whole thing is happening over a cell phone, then maybe that's not as much dating. But here's, here's what's really crazy. As much as y'all's world is virtual, whether it's just through cell phones or social media or even through, like, online school these last couple years, understand that marriage is something that is, like, not virtual at all, and it's very in-person. Um, so, I, again, we're going to need to cut down on the chit-chat, okay? Do I need to say that again? Let's just go ahead and cut down on the chatter. Okay, so marriage is something that I think a lot of people aren't quite prepared for because they have this idea that maybe they picked up in the movies or in TV shows or from their friends or whatever. And when we pick things up from our friends, remember, are, are our friends' brains fully developed yet? No. Um, your brain is not fully developed until you're 25, 26, okay? So that's, yeah, I wish it was 21. It's not. I wish it was 16. Some of you, well, you know, let's just leave that alone. Um, so here's the deal. We take our ideas for these things, and then, and then what happens is, is what seems to be true because culture's saying it, what seems to be true because our friends are saying it, what seems to be true because it's portrayed in movies and TV shows, we're just kind of like, okay, yeah, this is the way we're supposed to do this. And then we do it, we, we get involved in relationships, and it brings unnecessary heartache as a middle schooler or a high schooler and maybe even a college-age student. It brings heartache. And you're like, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know that's, I didn't know that's what it was all about. Marriage, specifically, if I can just say it this way, is where it all starts in the Bible. Okay? I mean, it truthfully all starts with God kind of alone and then he's, there's, there, the earth was without form, it was void, and then he starts creating, right? Six days, one day of rest. He creates man and woman, though, very early on. 
And that's kind of the, 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 the formation of all this. That's where I want to start. Now, I would like to literally, I wrote some ground rules, okay? Because for this series, I feel like we need ground rules. Some of you know me very well. Uh, you've known me since I moved here in, in 2018. Some of you have only met me like in the last year. Okay, so what I would like to do is for you to get to know a couple things about me as I start. One, I know this is a sensitive topic. Whether we're talking about sex or marriage, I know it's a sensitive topic, and you just need to know that I'm approaching it with utmost caution. Two, I know this topic will impact all of us in some uh, big way because we're talking about families in the future, we're talking about uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, we're talking about fiance, we're talking about husband, wife, we're talking about all that. Kind of, I understand it's going to impact you, and, and we're going to talk about it in, in, a, in, in, a, in, in a specifically, I think, helpful way. Um, three, I know some of you have gone through abuse in many forms, and maybe one of those was sexual, okay? What I want to tell you, okay, what you need to hear from me as your student minister is, one, I'm so, so sorry. What we're learning is, is the stats are saying, like, this is more and more rampant. It didn't, I didn't feel like it used to be so common, but what we're learning over and over is that that's a part of a lot of people's lives. And as we talk about this, hear my heart, okay? Um, I understand it's difficult for some of us to talk about issues like that, okay? What I want to tell you is you're in a safe place, okay? Um, we work very hard to make sure that the adults around you are safe people for you, work very hard. And we know that our goal is to help you in every way possible, okay? So if that's you, and maybe you're not ready to talk about it, that is okay, all right? But if you are ready to talk about it, or if maybe you have never talked about it, and you're like, yeah, I, 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 need, to, I need to bring this up, okay? We would love to talk with you. I, I specifically would love to talk with you, okay? That's just an invitation over the course of the series. Four, I know you may not agree with me. And this one is the, the sticking point for, for a lot of people. I know you may not agree. You may be walking into this series and thinking like, well, I believe this, and I think what Mark's going to do is going to come in here and say the other thing, and I just don't agree with that. Can I, just, can I just invite you to step into a dialogue with me where I'm not going to say anything that I'm not going to make you change? I can't make you change. I can't make you believe anything. I, can't, I can try to change your mind, but my goal isn't to change your mind. My goal is to kind of show you a picture of God and let him, him tell you what's true. Okay, that is like my whole life. Let me tell you something. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong about what I read, if I'm wrong about what I believe, I want to know it. I want to know it. Is anyone else, would, it, would you just be willing to say that? Like if I'm wrong about something, I want to know it. I want to, I want to change. I want, I want something different. If I'm wrong about what I believe about any area of my life, I want, I want to know it. My goal, I want you to hear me. My goal is just to pursue truth. That's it. That's it. Am I saying I'm perfect? Nope. Am I saying I have all, like, very clear understanding of this topic? Nope. We're talking about marriage. Is Mark's marriage perfect? Nope. None of that is perfect. Here's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to read you as clearly as I understand it what God has given us because I think a lot of people out there think well, you know, Christians are just judgmental and they don't want, they don't agree with us and they don't believe that and they don't want to let, they should stay out of our lives. Here's what I would say. 
it's not my call. Mark didn't choose. Do you guys understand that? Mark did not choose to get up on a stage one day and be like, I'm going to start saying, this is how you should live your life. This is how you should. No, like I read the Bible, which I believe is from the one true God, and it gives us these guidelines and instructions. And I'm like, that seems to be what life is all about. And some of you aren't there yet. Some of you don't agree with me. Can I just, can I just invite you to be patient with me and I'll be patient with you? And last but not least, I would love for you, if you do disagree, I would love to hear it. If you have questions, I would love to answer them to the best of my ability. If at the end of this series, you're like, what does our church believe about this? What, is our church, what do you believe about that? What do you think the Bible says about this? I'm going to have, at the end of every one of these uh, weeks, these cards and these pens, and what I want you to do is I don't want your name or anything. I just want you to write the question down and throw it back in this basket. Everyone has that opportunity. Now, if you, if you write something that doesn't pertain to the series, we'll probably push it away. We'll answer it another time. But if you have a question about family, marriage, sex, relationships, any of that, you have the opportunity to write that question. And on week four of this series, we'll dive into those. Is that fair? Anyone got a question about those ground rules? I love you, and I'm your friend, and I, all I want to do is just kind of paint a clear picture for you, okay? So let me go back all the way to Genesis chapter 2. Like, if everyone disagrees about what's true about the Bible, let's just go back and, and let's look at what the Bible says. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 to 25. We're just going to read them off the screen real fast. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for uh, in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Verse 18. Anyone familiar with this story, by the way? Like, you're like, okay, this is kind of rehash. Awesome. And if you're not familiar with it, great. This is like the... This is how we got here, right? God created Adam and Eve, and like they were kind of like all of our parents in some way. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and, and brought them to the man to see what he should call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was his name. So Adam got to name all the animals and all that. The man gave names to all the livestock and the birds and the heaven and the, every beast in the field. But for Adam, there was not a, a helper suitable for him. I find that interesting. The, the animals weren't cutting it for, you know, good reason. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up uh, its place with flesh. Anyone know that's how Eve was created? Like surgery, in the, like while he was sleeping. Okay, must have been some good meds. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into the woman, brought her to the man, and the man said, this uh, at last is, is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24, therefore a man shall leave his father. We're going to see this verse over and over today, okay? Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast um, other versions say cleave to his wife or like be glued to and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Okay, so that's, that's like the Genesis account. That's before sin ever happened in the world. And that was just kind of the way God made it. Okay, now in all of the Bible, what you're going to see is God, um, God allowing uh, man and wife to be together in marriage. There's going to be um, kind of a, a one woman, one man, and then sometimes you see one man with lots of women, 
Not wise, not a good idea, right? You're going to see all kinds of different versions of that. But in this case, what we have here is Adam and Eve, and God creates that. And he's going to say that you should um, the, leave your father and your mother, and you shall like uh, cleave or, or, or become one, one flesh with your wife. One day, if you're going to be married one day, you will literally leave your father and your mother, and there will be someone that is most important to you on this planet, okay? No longer will your mother and your father be like the first people in your life. Now, some of you are like, my mother and father are not the most important people in my life. My friends are the most important people. The garbage, everyone is more important than my parents. And if you want to have an attitude about it, that's fine, whatever. But like your parents are your most special people in your life, right? Your parents, they're like, they're like your people, your, your family, your immediate family. But there's going to be a day where you, you decide, like, oh, it's time. It's time for, for marriage, and then you're going you're gonna to be one with this person. That's, that's the way God intended it from the beginning. But this one flesh thing is going to show up all over the, fle- uh, over the place. I want to I go all the way to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And it's going to say, do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute, or if I can just replace this, because they're talking about sexual immorality, like if you join with, with a, a, a woman, or like a man and a woman join together, um, he becomes one body with her. For as it is written, now Paul is going to quote all the way back in Genesis chapter 2, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him, flee from sexual immorality. Do you know what Paul is saying right here? He's taking an ancient writing all the way from the very beginning of creation and he's going to pull it back up like, I don't know, thousands of years later. And he's going to say, the two shall become one flesh. Do you know that that is what happens when a man and a woman come together sexually that way? There's like a one flesh thing happening here. And that is why. When you hear pastors and churches and Christians and, or just people who believe in kind of this like one man, one woman thing, that we get it from Scripture in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, that that's why this thing is reserved for marriage. That's why Christians are going to be kind of uptight about that. That's why if you believe something different, it's like, oh, I think I can, I can do that with anybody I want to. But the idea is, It's not even about your desire. Listen to me real quick. Listen to me real quick. The key is marriage. It's about about marriage. This was always from the very beginning. The narrative of creation, the, the very story of how we came to be. Have you ever just laid awake at night and stared at the ceiling and be like, what are we doing on this planet? What's my purpose? What am I here for? Am I going to find significance in this life? I find it interesting that in the second chapter, the very beginning of the Bible, we have the institution of family. And that matters. And that's why, if you can just listen to this one thing very carefully, that's why it matters to us. That's why it's sacred to us. That's why this one man, one woman thing makes sense to us. Because we see it here, and we see that that what happens outside of this one man, one woman thing starts to bring in some, some outside pain. Starts to bring in some consequences that you didn't you didn't really want. 
Here's the, here's the, there's really going to be two points tonight, okay? The first one is just this, that God always had a plan. God always had a plan. And it started in Genesis when he kind of created everything with purpose before Adam and Eve chose to sin. Now, here's what I find interesting. Do you know that there's a sense in which the Bible talks about men and women are different? Does it say that men are more important than women? No, they're equal. They're equal. Men made in the image of God. Women made in the image of God. There is something about you that echoes the way God is, his image, his being. Now, he's perfect and you're not, right? I don't have to convince anybody of that. But your dog is not created in God's image, right? The trees, not created in God's image. There is something special about the way that you were created. But then, all the way in Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is going to be talking about marriage. Again, and we're going to see this one flesh thing come up. In Ephesians 5, he's going to talk to wives first for a couple verses, and then he's going to talk to husbands for a bunch of verses, and he's going to give them some things that they need to pay attention to. Can we see that on the screen? Ephesians chapter 5. So this is, this is the wives. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Let me just pause for a second. Let me just, let me go ahead and let us all breathe in the room. I know some women like, submit. Any women like, submit? I'm supposed to submit to my husband? Just wait for it, okay? Submit, okay? Because marriage is kind of a picture of Jesus and his church. Jesus being the groom and his church being the bride. Can we put the phones away, please? That's all good. Just, just, just in the pocket would probably be best. Um, so, so the husband is the head of the wife. He is the Christ, the head of the church. So, so marriage is actually a picture of like Jesus loving us as, as, as his bride. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit and everything to their husbands. Now, that's just three verses. Guys, we're going to get a whole lot more. Here's, here, that's the wives kind of like role in, in marriage. And then there's guys, husbands, role in marriage. Let's Fast forward, 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and, wait for it, gave himself up for her. Now the guys, you get your chance to be like, gave himself up for her? <laughs> yeah, keep reading. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water by the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing or without any blemish. Keep going, verse 28. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes it. He cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. There's three more verses. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and a mother and hold fast to his wife. This verse is important in Scripture. It's all over the Old Testament and the New Testament when it talks about marriage, and they shall become one flesh. So what happens when we step out of marriage? What happens when we decide that we want to kind of live our own life sexually before we're married? You can't, you can't, un, um, you can't undo what God created you to, to do or to be. There's kind of a, a joining with, with this person. There's kind of a, a joining with this person. There's kind of a joining with this person when it was really meant 
to be kind of in the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. It's a very sacred thing, right? So he shall leave his father and hold fast to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, for I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. And if I can just say it, guys, can I just go ahead and say this to, to you? Love your wife like Christ loved the church. What did Jesus do for the church? He died for the church to rescue the church. He laid his life down. Now you're like, I thought we were coming to a sex series. Why are we talking about marriage? Because if you want to have the conversation about sex, you have to start here. Because God, at the very beginning, said, I want you to have the right idea about marriage. Now, we're going to talk about dating. And you know what I'm going to say? If you want to date well, think about your marriage. And you're like, I don't know who I'm going to be married to. We're going to, I already asked Eli this. Um, Eli is going to share with us what it's like to be a guy who's probably almost engaged, um, not there yet, um, but he's got this woman that he wants to marry. Um, and so a lot of people are like, well, we're almost, you know, we're committed and we're whatever. Are you married yet? No, sir. Is she your wife? So here's what's interesting. If he decided to treat this woman as his wife before she's his wife, here's what I'm saying. Like, is that respecting her or disrespecting her? Disrespecting her. Guys, look, look at me. The women in your world, the girls, well, girls. Yeah, let's go girls. Girls in your world. They can be someone's wife one day. And you need to treat them with that respect. Ladies, the guys in your world can be someone's husband one day. And you need to treat them with that kind of respect. Okay? It's the kind of respect that the Bible says is very foundational. Now, if I can just say it this way. One of the things that um, you see in culture, because I'm sure some of you, I hope that you guys have the boldness to ask the questions that I know you have. Right? So one of, the, one of the things that you're probably thinking is like, so like everyone believes something different about all this stuff. So like, where does all that come in? Why do they believe that? Why does it, and you know, I think the simple answer is some people are Christians and some are not. But here's, here's what I want to tell you. If you don't start like I think we did tonight with this idea of like, okay, Genesis 2, there's this foundation of marriage. All the way into 1 Corinthians, into Ephesians, there's a foundation of marriage. All the way through Revelation, all the way. There's like a sacredness of, of marriage. What we do when we decide to say, no, 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 no. Like, I'm going to make the decisions for my life that I want to make, regardless of what God says about it. What I think we're doing is we're saying, first of all, I know better than God. I'm going to choose for myself. And I think, I think about it like this. This cup, this cup. If I... If I set this cup on this table, is there ever going to be a moment where it crushes the table? No, why not? It's too light. What else? What about the table? Table's too sturdy. Absolutely. This table is not going anywhere. Now, if I decide to take this little thing 
And I decide to go ahead and carefully, I'm careful, guys. You know how careful I am. Like, I bet I can make this happen. If I just really gently, who has faith in me that I can make this happen? You're like, oh, he practiced it. He's going to do a magic trick for us. Do you think, do you think who, who thinks I can do it? I appreciate that, Grayson. Okay, so it's not going to work. There's no trick, right? There's no trick. Can I tell you something? A lot of us, a lot of us are, pay attention with me. A lot of us have taken like a section of our world and we said, I believe this, even though God doesn't agree with that. I believe this. Even though the Bible says this, I believe this. What we're saying is, is that when you go out in the world and you try to apply this to the world, you put this on the foundation of the world that God created. God created this world. You didn't, right? God essentially, at the end of the day, like created humanity, and he gave humanity the opportunity to like birth more humanity, but we also learn in scripture that he knitted us while we were in our mother's womb. Like God knows you. God knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows your past, present, and future, and he loves you to death. And some of us are saying, I get all that. But I just don't agree with this. I, I, I kind of want to do what I want to do. And what we're saying is, you can't make this be strong enough to be a foundation for your life. Right? The foundation for your life has got to be, what did we sing about? Our God is a solid rock. Right? Jesus teaches about this in Matthew 7. He says, you build your house on a rock, guess what? It's sturdy. It's not going anywhere when the storms come. You build your house on sand, you are asking for it to be swept out in a sea. The last thing I want to say to you is just you have to choose whether or not you're going to go the way of Jesus or whether you're going to go your own way. Everyone in here has to make this choice. That's the last point. You have to choose whether you want to go your own way or whether you want to surrender to Jesus. If I could just say it as plainly as that, if you haven't made that decision, I want to tell you. It's not because Mark thinks it's true. Please don't believe in Jesus Christ because Mark thinks it's true. Believe in Jesus because it's here. You look around the world and you see all of this. Is this some big mistake? Is it some cosmic accident? The, the, the organs that are keeping you alive right now so that you can breathe without thinking about it, so that your heart is pumping blood through your body without thinking about it. And what we do is we say, nah, God, I, I got it. I got it. And what happens is we're hurt and we become bitter because we're like, I thought God, God had me. When we never surrender to him in the first place, now hear me, you surrendering to God doesn't mean your life is painless. Here's what I'm saying. You surrendering to God means that you start placing your life on his authority and then you start living according to his purpose, right? It's like back to my, my dessert last night. I cook it the way it was supposed to be cooked. It's like, oh, this is amazing. This is great. As opposed to having all sorts of chaos and confusion and bitterness when we decide to go our own way. Why don't you bow your heads for just a moment. If you're the kind of person that is in here right now and you're saying, you know what, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus, I'm not going to have some sort of like moment. 
I just want you to be bold enough to make the decision on your own. And if that means tracking one of our leaders down before you leave tonight so that you can, you can ask what it means to, to receive Christ, it's just a prayer. You just surrender your life. You say, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I've been doing life on my own. But for those of you that are going to walk out those doors and say, now I'm going to keep gambling. I'm going to do life my own way. We love you, and you are always welcome back here. I would just say, tomorrow is not promised. And I would, I would pray, and I would beg of you not to just take this life in your own hands when your creator gave you purpose, and it gave you a recipe to follow. Heavenly Father, all these students here tonight, I know that we're all in different places when it comes to this. Maybe we believe some different things when it comes to this. But God, I pray that you would just show yourself faithful as you speak through your word, as you, as you show us in, in nature. The Bible literally says that we're without excuse because the very creation in the world, the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky, the trees, the oceans, the, everything you've created is like screaming creator. Lord, don't let us take this into our own hands and make it something it wasn't meant to be. For those of us that need to surrender, I pray that tonight is the night. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, real quick, before you leave, if you do need to grab uh, somebody to pray, um, I'm here. I know there's some other leaders here, and we'll, we'll hang back for just a moment. Also, if you have questions related to this topic, this is going to be right here, and you can write a quick question and you're just going to put it right back in, in this basket, okay? Everyone understand that? I'm going to do my best, literally, whatever's on your mind related to this topic, and I'll do my best to answer it, all right? So those are right here. If you want to come grab one of those, you can. Otherwise, you're dismissed. We'll see you next week.